the Broncos Blitz Podcast with Ronnie K, presented by Tap 14. Analysis and commentary to help you get your Broncos fixed during the offseason. Subscribe on iTunes or Google Play, or listen on demand anytime in the Mile High Sports mobile app. Welcome to the Broncos Blitz Podcast. My name is Ronnie Court. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K Radio on Twitter, where today on the podcast we are going to talk about Vic Fangio, the 17th Broncos head coach in franchise history, and we're going to hear from not only Vic Fangio, but also John Elway and Joe Ellis on the hires. Of course, they had their open introductory press conference. Now, I do want to state that we are going to play that press conference in full, so if you do want to skip immediately to the uh, reaction that I'll have, I will have that at the end of the press conference, and that's at about the 31-minute uh, marker. So I uh, do want to give you that opportunity where uh, if you've maybe already heard it, or certainly you can listen through to the whole thing, and or you can skip to that marker to get to my thoughts, uh, which I'll give you here in just a little bit. But first, our friends, of course, at Bespoke Edge, a proud supporter of Mile High Sports Bespoke Edge, Denver's award-winning custom clothier for men, family-owned business. Six years now, they've been outfitting Denver area men. They know the Denver style. You know what I'm saying? When you need a suit for the office, maybe it's something more casual. Maybe it's a creative date night. The team at BE, they can help you find the right clothes. And of course, if you want to just, maybe it's just boosting your style this year. New year, new you, right? 2019, though, start at bespokeedge.com. Just as you hear it, spell it out, bespokeedge.com. Hundreds of blog posts and videos published over the years. BE, Colorado's leading source for practical men's style tips. That's bespokeedge.com. So, again, if you want to hear the entirety of that press conference, you'll speak uh, skip to about the 31-minute markers when uh, you'll start to hear me come in after you hear from Joe Ellis, John Elway, and Vic Fangio. He interviewed several candidates. The process was exhaustive, thorough, and very, very thoughtful. And I really want to commend John, his staff, the guys that helped him, Mark Thews, Patrick Smythe, and Matt Russell. Uh, But solely to John, I just thank him for really a a thorough understanding of of how this needed to be conducted and and following through on it with every detail. Uh, In talking to John Tuesday, I could clearly see his enthusiasm and excitement and conviction that Vic was the right coach to lead us into the future. And yesterday I met with Vic for about 30 minutes and it's clear that his experience, his intelligence, his attention to detail and his ability to teach players and put them in a position to be successful came through in my conversation with him. So at this time I'm going to turn it over to John and Vic, welcome aboard. Thank you, Joe, and welcome, everybody. Uh, we're thrilled to welcome uh, Vic Fangio as our next uh, head coach of the Denver Broncos. Um, I'd like to say thank you. We interviewed four other tremendous candidates who all did a tremendous job, and I want to thank them for the time and every, uh, all the time that they spent with us, and they all did a tremendous job, and at some point in time, they'll all be head coaches in this league, I'm sure, and so I want to thank them very much. Um, I'd like to say... Uh, I know the game, the, the game in the NFL is, is changing, and, but I believe the things that still are about what football is all about, to me, is what Vic Fangio is all about. And what is that? I believe that football is still built from the ground up. And I think Vic is built from the ground up. Now, what do I mean by that? Discipline, accountability. He holds his team to high standards. Emphasis on teaching 
technique, fundamentals, blocking, tackling. Those are all the basis of what the NFL is still about, even though the game's changing. And the thing is, when we had a chance to sit down with Vic, all those things I just talked about were his emphasis and how, we, and how he teaches his team and how he gets his team going in the right direction. And it starts from the, bound, from the ground up. Not only that, then you get to the board, and you have the X's O on the board, and there's a, there's a lot of tremendous coaches that are great at X's and O's. But Vic's background on the defensive side is, is unmatched, and the success that he's had on the defensive side uh, is unmatched. And so um, we're thrilled. I'm thrilled that uh, Vic is our, our next head coach. I believe he is exactly what we needed when it comes down to the things I've talked about, when it talks about the attention to detail. And the one thing, and I'm sure you all hear it many, many times from here on out, and the one thing that stuck out for me in his interview was he talked about death by inches. And that has always stood out, and it will always stand up, and I'm sure you're going to hear him say it many times. But death by inches is when you keep taking an inch, and you keep taking an inch, and you keep taking an inch. Those inches add up. And when those inches add up, you're in a losing program. And he says, I promise you, we will not kill ourselves by inches. And I thought that was the best thing that uh, he had said in the interview. And so, as I said, uh, I'm thrilled that uh, Vic chose us, and we chose Vic. And uh, I'm glad to introduce our 17th head coach of the Denver Broncos to you, Vic Fangio. Thank you, everybody, for being here today. I have a few things I need to get through before I open it up to your questions. I want to thank John, Joe, and the entire Denver organization for the honor of being the head coach of the Denver Broncos. It is a privilege, first and foremost, and a responsibility that is going to get my maximum effort 24-7. John has been great through this process, and I look forward to us building that bond that will get us through the adversities that we will eventually come across that are inevitable in the NFL and eventually getting us to the mountaintop. I also want to thank Pat Bolin and his entire family for making the Broncos one of the flagship franchises in this league. I've been in the NFL since 1986, and I know that the Broncos, only one other franchise in this league, has been won more Super Bowls and been to more Super Bowls. And I accept the responsibility of leading us to more. I have to give some further thanks to some people that have helped me throughout my career. I first want to thank the Chicago Bears, Virginia, and George McCaskey for running an honorable and first-class operation there. It was a great experience for me there, and I had nothing but good things and good feelings from leaving there. And you can thank George. I talked to George yesterday. And I said to him, George, can I do the uh, press conference tomorrow in my gray sweats? He calls it my gray business suit. He said, no, you can't do that. So he gave me this tie to wear. So this tie is compliments of George McCaskey and the Chicago Bears. I want to thank Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace for all their support through this process of the last few days and their great leadership that they've provided the Chicago Bears that finally culminated in a good season this year. Uh, seeing Matt become a first-time head coach this year and also run the offense besides being the head coach has been a great resource for me for what I'm about to undertake. And he, he did a tremendous job for the Chicago Bears 
and the Bears are lucky to have them. I want to thank my parents for doing something right and raising me to get me to this point. My father did pass 27 years ago, but there's not a day go by that I don't think of him at some point. And my 92-year-old mother is back in Pennsylvania, and if it's snowing there today, she's out there shoveling the snow. I want to thank Jack Henzes, my high school coach, for his passion and excellence in football and in coaching. It is what motivated me and strived. I caught his passion for the game, and I decided from that point on that I wanted to be a football coach. I want to thank Jim Moore, who, worked, who I worked for for 14 years in pro football. He gave me my first opportunity at a very young age because he saw something in me and he believed in me, and I want to thank him for that. I want to thank Joe Marciano, a fellow coach who looked out for me before I was in pro football and was helping me along the way in my journey and introduced me to Jim Moore. Without that relationship I had with Joe and the introduction to Jim Moore, maybe I wouldn't be here today. To all the head coaches that I have worked for and all the assistant coaches I have worked with, my sincere thanks. You know, it's never a one man's job. It's a lot of people working together for one common goal. Finally, to all the players that I have worked with, this would have never been possible without them buying into me and ultimately their great play that they put on the field for our teams. Special thanks to the great group I just left in Chicago. It's a special group, a group that I thoroughly enjoyed coaching and will miss coaching. The great groups in San Francisco right before that for all their great play and what they have meant for me. All the way back to the linebackers in New Orleans in 1986 when I started coaching, better known as the Dome Patrol. What those guys did for me was set the bar high. And some, you know, once the bar is set high, then you don't accept much less. So when I'm looking at players, I know what a good player looks like because these guys set the bar high. Behind every successful coach are good players who execute the plan and believe in the team. Good teams have good players, but great teams have great teammates. And we will be obsessed with building that here. One of the coolest things that's happened for me over the last week or so, up until accepting this job here, is the amount of texts and calls that I have received from former players I've, I have been with all the way back to 1986 to the current players with the Bears. Great relationships last a lifetime, and I'm looking forward to building some of those here and moving forward with the Broncos. Rather than me pontificating up here, I would like to open it up to your guys' questions. Vic, what was, um, what was the most enticing thing about this job and this opportunity? And secondly, what is your plan at quarterback? Well, it's hard to pick out one thing that was most enticing, so I'll name a few. Um, one, the tradition of this franchise, which I mentioned. You know, Pat Bolin and his family and the work that he put in through uplifting this franchise to the level it's at, you know, is unmatched in the NFL. And it's always been looked upon that way, me from the other people in the NFL. So to join this organization, the great fan base they have, they have – 
a record number of sellouts in all the sports, something along those lines, and the tradition. And those were some of the things that um, attracted me to this job. And your second question was? Well, right now, Case Keenum is our quarterback. And I've had the good fortune, or misfortune, since I'm standing here, good fortune, of um, seeing him at the best in his career when he played for Minnesota last year, being in our division at the time. So I know what he's capable of, and uh, we're going to try and get that out of him. Vic, what makes you ready now? You've been successful for three decades, but you hadn't interviewed for a while. Why do you, why, what makes this right? Why are you ready? And what, is it because you weren't a self-promoter? Maybe you weren't in this position years ago? Well, that's a long, there's a long answer to that. But basically, I've always felt uh, I've never fit the match of the profile of what certain teams were looking for. Or, you know, I was with teams that weren't succeeding at that time. Fortunately, I matched the profile of what John was looking for, and we formed a good marriage. Coach, what role will Gary Kubiak have in your organization? Right here, Coach. Sorry. What, what role will Gary, Gary Kubiak have? Um, none of the uh, assistant coaching positions have been determined yet. And until things are um, ironed out and ironclad, I'd prefer not to comment on that. But Gary's a hell of a coach. He's a guy that I have respected throughout my career in the NFL, having competing against him at several stops and him at several stops. And um, if Gary's interested, then I'm interested. Vic, the, the view and the responsibilities are always different when you move into the bigger office. I'm guessing through the years you've envisioned what type of head coach you will be. Can you share with us the description of Vic Fangio, head coach? <laughs> well, I mean, you guys will be here daily with us once we get back on the field, and you'll be able to figure that out yourself. But we're not going to cut any corners. Okay? We're gonna, I'm a fundamental coach. I think the game of the NFL, everybody thinks, has changed and it's a high-scoring league, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But fundamentals is still what wins, wins in this league. And I'm going to stress those. We're not going to cut any corners. There will be no death by inches. Um, we're going to stress fundamentals. Hey, Vic. End of the game Sunday, less than, you know, about 12 hours later, you have the interview with the Broncos. How big of a challenge was it to, to reset and, and get ready for that interview? Well, you know, obviously there's the disappointment and the uh, sudden end of the season and the shock of the game. Those emotions you have to get through. Um, once the game was over, I went back to my office after a few hours of mourning and um, put together something to present to John and his guys. And it was easy for me because I didn't have to make a fancy presentation. I just took the stuff that I use daily and yearly. So I didn't have to work too hard to do that. But it's been a whirlwind, and, um, but it's had a happy ending. Coach, how would you uh, determine success in your first year here with the Broncos? That we, my, my determination of success, ultimately, everybody will look to the win-loss record. But it's my goal and purpose to make every individual player improve and get better. If we do that, 
within his position group, that position group will be better. If we do that, that side of the ball, whether it be offense, special teams, or defense, will be better. And ultimately, we'll have a better team, which will lead to a better record. Okay? So you got to start from the ground up. Okay? So we're trying to get better every day. Vic, when John looked at you and said, what are your plans on offense, for example, what, what did you say? Or what constitutes your philosophy on offense? Well, we talked about an offensive philosophy, and I believe in balance. But balance immediately comes to your mind, run, pass. There's other things that are, need to be balanced in offensive play. Do you throw it short, intermediate, deep? Do you th- run it inside, outside, have deceptives? Do you run gap schemes, zone schemes? Are you play action? Uh, movement passing game. So when I say balance, I'm not necessarily talking about how many runs, how many passes. You need to have balance within your passing game and in your running game. Okay? I know that from having to defend it. So that's what we're looking to do. Coach right here. Uh, Congratulations on becoming the head coach, first and foremost. In your coaching experience, what are keys to developing young talent? By, by doing a great job of coaching them. Now, what does that mean? Um, first off, you start from the ground up. You give them their assignments. And then once they've mastered their assignments, you now teach them the correct techniques to execute those assignments. Sounds simple. Sounds like a um, stock answer. But that's what it is. If you do a great job of coaching them, and the players will realize that, they will buy in, and they will execute for you to the maximum of their abilities. Yeah, Coach, your uh, defense went to another level when you got Khalil Mack and uh, Roquan Smith. Do you see uh, similarities here with Von Miller? And I know it's a different position, but Bradley Chubb and what this defense can be? Well, obviously, we have, starting off, two good players on the outside. You know, Von Miller... It can be one of the rare players in this league, much like Khalil is. And I'm looking forward to working with both of them. I th- Bradley's a guy that um, we had high grades on also in Chicago last year. And I'm aware that he had a good season this year. That's my position of expertise when I'm coaching a position. And those guys are going to get coached by their position coach but they're going to get a little extra from me, too. And we're going to try and take them both to bigger and better levels. And I think Vaughn Miller can play even better than he's played in his career. Vic, uh, what's your 92-year-old mother's name, and does she let you wear your gray sweats to the dinner table at her house? (laughs) Her name is Alice. Um... Yeah, once you hit a certain age, I've kind of, when I go back to visit her, her uh, iron hand, she's lost her iron hand over me. But um, she's still very active, walks everywhere, very active, um, very sharp, and she's going she's gonna to outlive a bunch of us in this room. Uh, what's that? Absolutely. 
since my father has passed. He might have whacked me if I did. Vic, with uh, NFL offenses kind of trending towards a lot of college trends and things like that, how have you sort of changed the way that you've coached and, and the way that you've schemed? How much have you evolved even late kind of in your, your coaching tenure? It's, you know, we have to evolve on defense to defend what the offenses are doing. So there has been evolution. Um, I don't want to get into the exact X and O details because you probably wouldn't understand them anyway. And I don't want to give an opponent <laughs> any insight into my thinking. But it has involved an evolution. And the biggest evolution in football that's happened in the last few years is you don't see fullbacks on the field much, which I'm not saying is right or wrong. You're seeing three wide receivers on the field most of the time. I believe in Chicago this past year, we defended 82 or 3% of the plays we were on defense. There was three wide receivers on offense. So that, to me, is the biggest change in football. So you've substituted a either a, a fullback or a second tight end with a third wide receiver. So the game's trend it towards the speed of the wide receivers and spreading it out. Coach, is being an NFL head coach something you've dreamed about for a while, and what might make this a dream job? I don't want to use the word dream. Um, it's obviously something I thought about throughout my career at various times. But I was comfortable enough in my own skin that um, it didn't have to happen. I was happy with being a defensive coordinator in the NFL for close to 20 years. Um, if a, situ a good situation ever arised and I matched what a certain team was looking for, I'd be all in. And I believe I found that here, and I'm all in. Coach, obviously lots of Broncos fans are excited you're here, but... It's my understanding that everywhere you've been, the baseball team in that city has done fairly well. The Cubs win the World Series, the Giants, the Astros go to the World Series, you're a Phillies fan, so you're a big baseball guy. Is that good news for the Rockies? It should be. I'd be happy if I were them. <laughs> I mean, the Cubs broke a hundred and some year jinx when I got to town. The Giants in San Francisco never won anything. And then they won three out of the five years I was there. They won three World Series. Houston never won anything, went to their only World Series up until that point. So things might be looking up for the Rockies. Hey, Vic, you talked about death by inches. So what are the things that you believe in doing on an everyday basis? You talked about fundamentals, building attention to detail, doing on the practice field and in meetings to prevent that death by inches. When you see a small um, misdemeanor crime that's an inch crime, you correct it. Here's what death by inches means. Okay? If you're running a meeting, whether it be a team meeting, deep offense, defense meeting, uh, a position coach meeting, and a player walks in, say, 30 seconds late, 45 seconds late, and that act in and of itself really has no impact on whether you're going to win or lose that week. But if you let it slide, you know, the next day there's two or three guys late. 
or it went from 30 seconds to two minutes, and it be causes an avalanche of problems, and that's death by inches. Coach, as far as becoming a head coach, you mentioned that you had thought about it but didn't have to happen. When it did happen, what were your emotions, and was your mom one of the first people you reached out to? Who, who did you reach out to when you officially became a, a head coach? She was definitely um, one of the first. I don't remember the first. Um, what was the second part? Just what were your emotions? The emotions. Um, the same, same emotions that I had when um, just amped up. You know, when I became a defensive coordinator in uh, 1995, you know, you're a position coach for nine years in the NFL, and now I'm all of a sudden a defensive coordinator. You always know you can do it or believe you can do it, and it's easy to believe you can do it when you're not doing it. And then now all of a sudden you get the responsibility and the position, it's like, Okay, I, you wanted it, you got it, you better succeed. Okay? Um, so that, that's my first feelings, you know. Okay, I got it, let's go, prove it. Coach, obviously for years you've been calling the defensive signals as a defensive coordinator. If you continue to do that as a head coach, why, in your mind, would it be important for you to continue to call the defensive signals as the head coach? Uh, several reasons. Um, one being, you know, they hired me because of my work on the defensive side of the ball, and I'm going to give them my work on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I believe, for the most part, I'm pretty good at it. So I'm going to do it. You know, there's m several offensive head coaches that still call plays. Not all of them. But I will have a staff that I will work close with. They will understand everything we want to do and are doing. And I think it's important that I do it. And I, I want to do it and look forward to it. Vic, if or when Gary Kubiak is officially named the offensive coordinator, how much do you think you will lean on him because of his experience as a head coach, specifically here? Well, I think you're just trying to sideways me, you know. <laughs> give, me a, give me a low blow there, you know. So I'll answer that when we know more. But I'll answer the um, thought behind your question. Um, you know, Matt Nagy, first-time head coach in Chicago this year, and everybody thought, and even Matt said it when we first met, hey, I'm going to lean on you and all your experiences to help get me through this if I need to. Well, he leaned on me two or three times, you know. So whoever we have on this staff and their experiences, if I have to lean on them more than a few times, then I'm in trouble. Coach, when you began your coaching career in 1979, what were your career goals and aspirations at that time? Good question. When I started coaching, all I wanted to do was be a teacher, a high school coach, and be a head high school coach eventually. That's all I wanted to do at that time. Things happen. You know, people notice that you're 
pretty good at something. They tell you you should go try and do this. And so you put yourself out there, take a job at a, you know, lower level college, go to another higher, you know, and, and the ball starts happening. But and the rest is history. But I got into coaching to be a head high school coach. And people noticed me, told me I should do more. I tried it, and so far it's been good. Uh, Coach, you've been uh, lauded for attention to detail, for making a a team much more disciplined. What goes into that? How can you make this Broncos team more disciplined than they were last season? Well, we were. You know, we had a lot of great statistical numbers this past year in Chicago. And but one that gets overlooked by most, but not by B, is we were the second least penalized defense in the NFL this past year. And I, I believe I was told today that three out of the last four years we were in the top five and least penalized. And there are ways to coach being, and what we're really talking about is execution. You know, discipline's a broad term that people use too loosely. Um, we just want to, if you play with good technique, you will avoid being a penalized too many times. Okay? Some penalties are just going to happen. They happen in the competition of the game. Some are more avoidable. And we're going to work hard to avoid those. And there are ways to teach that and emphasize that, and we are going to do that. Vic, Khalil Mack apparently doesn't talk a lot in the media about stuff, but he described you in terms of it was an honor to play for you, but he described you as an evil genius. What did you think he meant by that? <laughs> I don't know. Um, conflicting words there, right? Evil and genius. Um, I think he meant it as a compliment, obviously. Um, I think it's more of a young person's term these days to... Uh, combine those two words, but I think Khalil, when he got to us, um, didn't know what to expect. Obviously, it was under unusual circumstances, you know, a week before the regular season starts, and um, I think what he was alluding to in a little way was how quickly he was able to learn our system and be able to play immediately and play effectively and not hurt the team because of his lack of uh, exposure to training camp, et cetera. So I think, not to put words in his mouth, was how easy it was for him to transition in to our system that we believe is easy to learn is, I believe, what he's talking about. Vic, how much input do you believe you'll have in personnel how much would you like to have in personnel? And, and what have you and John worked out in that regard? Well, we're going to work together on all of that stuff. I know that's a stock answer, but um, we're just going to work together on it. John, I'll, you know, when it comes draft day and when it comes time to pick the final 53 of the team, if there's arguments or s- disputes that we can't settle through thorough discussion, it's John's baby. 
So there you go. That is the introductory press conference for Vic Fangio, the 17th Broncos head coach in franchise history. Initial immediate thoughts were pretty clear that uh, this is the guy who Denver, I think, uh, thought they were getting when it comes to uh, some of the attitude and mentality that he thinks and how he thinks. I mean, uh, we we heard from multiple writers and players that this is a no nonsense guy. This is a no BS guy. Uh, obviously, doesn't have the head coaching experience. He addressed that immediately right away. But um, this is a guy who is going to make sure, and and particularly when he talked about the death by the inches, he gave that that uh, that example when it comes to the players being late to meetings and how that. That may be a small, minuscule deal when it comes to the overall scope of things, but it can allow and open the door to avalanche to other things. And I think that's 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 great. It's that discipline. It's that absolute mentality of being locked in, not only always during the game, but during practices and, and making sure that that doesn't slip through the cracks. And certainly that is going to help this Broncos team that you know, quite frankly, uh, dealt with that under Vance Joseph. I mean, that, it just seemed like the ship was rocky from the start under Vance Joseph, and uh, they will get one of those guys who will just simply not allow it in Vic Fangio. Uh, he stressed the fundamentals of being a coach earlier in the press conference as well, too, which, uh, you know, it, it is going to be one of those um, – uh, learning curve things for him because he has not been in a, a head coach before. And so certainly that is something we are going to um, immediately take into consideration uh, as, as there are going to be bumps and, and, and curves along the road as he begins to feel this out. It seems pretty clear that, and, and he addressed it towards the very, very end, of course, that, uh, look, he said this is John's baby and that uh, they are going to have uh, discussions and and there will be lots of input shared between the two, but the end all be all being that it is Elway's baby. And so, you know, I I wonder if this this hire does appeal to Elway in some sense, in some certain extent because of the fact that it, he believed by hiring Vic Fangio, moving to Gary Kubiak, I think there was this role of there was this thought process of the players we put on the field were better than six wins. We need a coach who can execute them to get them to the that, that 9, 10, 11 win that we believe our player talent is at. We need that execution. And I, th- I think that's where Elway maybe comes in with this and, 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 and appeals to Fangio a little bit more because Fangio should be able to get that out of him. It is going to be your job, and it puts a little bit more extra pressure that you give Fangio those good players to get there. But certainly... Uh, it is going to be, there's going to be like this tri-headed dragon of Elway providing this talent to Fangio and then Fangio executing the plays and, and, and the, the, the process with those players through the players and, and, and Gary Kubiak gets mixed in now on the offensive side. Now they wouldn't confirm whether uh, Kubiak was going to be a, a how, how large of a role I think or, or in what extent and, and, and how it will be delivered as far as that goes. But we've talked about this on the podcast. We've talked about this on the radio show. And of course, there's of course a radio show you can find 11 a.m. to noon on Mile High Sports Radio AM 1340 FM 104.7. He's going to be the architect of the offense. He will be the architect of the offense. Gary Kubiak will be in some way, shape, or form, regardless of what 
term he has, whether it's officially offensive coordinator, whether it's a consultant. I know there were reports yesterday that we were talking about that Gary will basically be the offensive coordinator. And uh, I, I believe it will be very much, it's just a gut feeling, but it will be very much to the realm of uh, looking at this team as a two-headed dragon with Fangio running the defense, Kubiak running the offense, and hopefully on both ends, it's good enough to get the job done. Uh, I thought Fangio explained how balancing the offense was quite interesting because a, a lot of people do look at balance on offense simply from a running to passing and simply the box score and the X's and O's and how many plays they ran of each. And uh, he broke it down a little bit deeper than that, and, and and I think there is a lot of that because there was no balance in the passing game this year with the Denver Broncos. And look, Bill Musgrave had a big part of that, but obviously there was a call more for play action and getting quarterbacks out in space. You know, Case Keenum, more of a cerebral quarterback, can turn his back to the defense, and uh, that is something they just didn't do enough of and, and certainly were not balanced of inside an offense that was unbalanced so it was it was unbalanced in the unbalanced offense in the ways they executed those plays and I thought Fangio's response to that was somewhat interesting uh and 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 really truly as well too with the the death by inches is I think going to be the the real grasping point for Fangio and how they further progress and how his coaching style will be we be executed with the players and how there will be a no nonsense and there will be a uh, a constant effort to uh, he mentioned the word fundamentals a lot a, a constant effort to make sure that all the t's are crossed all the dies all the i's are dotted uh, and and while that certainly you hope you get that in a guy like Vic Fangio because that was a big selling point for me is that 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 will be covered uh, and 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 maybe that was more of that was a big appeal for John Elway when it comes to this process because of the fact that it didn't seem like none of that was done under Vance Joseph and that there there was a, a certain you know certainly towards the end of the season with the Broncos it seemed like things were just falling apart when it came to uh, a team that was penalized a ton sloppy in play fundamentally unsound and so Fangio will certainly bring that and uh, it was interesting that he brought up towards the end of that press conference in regards to the statistics that uh, Chicago had a lot, of course, because that's what he's going to base it on, and and that they were a lesser penalized team. They were essentially in the top five, top ten for a majority of his time there, and and that is always so crucial because, look, it, it is tough enough to win in the NFL. It is tough to win in a game where uh, new things are being come up with, new schemes and uh quarterbacks are at their best and particularly on defense where the rules are now skewed against you that's the reality of it you can't beat yourself you, you it is it is impossible to to win games when you're facing such an opponent and then you're beating yourself and so certainly bringing that to not only a defensive specialized but but on on a team level as a whole going to be crucial as well too uh, he, he Fangio said that Case Keenum is the quarterback like I, I think it's foolish to ask uh, him to to make a rock solid decision when it comes to offensive side of things and 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 stuff like this like the guy just took over 
the, the guy needs to meet with these players, start to evaluate their talent. Uh, obviously, Case is the quarterback right now. What else is he going to say? Uh, certainly, there's there's not a huge story there uh, when it comes to that part of it. So, uh, a lot of interesting discussion. He talked about uh, his coaching aspirations when he first took over. Uh, or when he first got into the NFL or first had information that uh, his aspirations of what he wanted to be when it first started in the 1970s and certainly where it is now. And, um, you know, it's been a long time coming. And I think the, the, bi- the bigger question that's going to be asked is, and Fangio addressed this in his press conference, why has it taken this long to become a head coach? And is is this more of a Fangio wasn't a head coach because he doesn't have the chops for it or because he just wasn't the right fit? I, I think it is interesting that Fangio has only interviewed, I believe, for three head coaching guys, head coaching jobs, period. It just didn't feel like the right situation is what he brought up multiple times. And does that mean that, you know, we many ask the question, well, he's never been a head coach and he doesn't have that experience and yada, yada, yada. And why is this the case? Well, I think for that equally, we should ask, is this a diamond in the rough? Is this a gem that the Broncos fell into because of the fact that he did not interview a ton with multiple players, and he was looking for the right situation and the right opportunity, and he felt that that was the case in Denver, and obviously now Denver thinks that as well too. So a lot to unpack that we will constantly do that, well, on the podcast as well as the radio show, and you can find that radio show Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. to noon on Mile High Sports Radio, a.m. 1340 FM 104.7, and of course, always at milehighsports.com. That 11 a.m. to noon is a Mountain Standard Time uh, time slot, so keep that in mind. But you can react via the call, via the text, a lot of good stuff over there on the radio show, and of course, always at milehighsports.com as well, too. Be sure to check it out from the writing of uh, uh, Justin Michaels to uh, Rich Kurtzman, Zach Seegers, TJ McBride, Sean Drotar, myself. You can find that all at milehighsports.com. That's milehighsports.com. So, uh, look, off the the listening it once time, one time through, he had some good answers. He could not answer a ton directly. Understandable. It is very refreshing to hear a coach that doesn't lean on the same crutches and, um, knows how to handle questions, but thinks when he answers. Thinks when he answers to to deliver something very compelling, and it is going to be interesting to certainly get in there and, and interview him on a personal one-on-one note uh, moving forward. So a, a lot to unpack moving forward. Be sure to stay up to date at milehighsports.com. That's milehighsports.com. Thank you so much for listening to the Broncos Blitz podcast, of course, presented by Bespoke Edge. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K, radio on Twitter as Vic Fangio, introduced as the 17th head coach in Denver Broncos history, will be in charge and will squarely have the pressure on him to turn this team around and get them not only back to 500, but their winning ways and to establish a culture of winning in Denver. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K on Twitter. 
Radio on Twitter, on uh, Instagram, of course, as well, too, and, of course, at MileHighSports.com. That's MileHighSports.com.